the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Than you've ever. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And Larry Rosenthal is here in the studio with us. Well, actually, he's not in the studio with us. As you can see on YouTube, we're kind of all in separate places still. But good to see you, Larry. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing very, very well. But uh, the uh, the button has not gone off on the Christmas lights yet. I am not turning them off. It was too much work to put them up. But I am, <laughs> I am about the only person in the neighborhood who still has lights up. So... I love it. I think it's great. I love it. That's awesome. You know, I mean, it took you it took you years to get them up. That's fine. That's fine. That little strand that goes over your door. I love it, man. It's great. It does look good, and it's staying there for a while. You know, come on. I think you should keep it there. I think I might have one neighbor that we're kind of dueling with that still has his lights up. So I just told him the other day, I ain't taking mine down until you take yours now. So. You can't lose that battle. <laughs> That's right. You can't lose it at all. It Not is at all. That's yes. right. The gun yes. is down. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners in the D.C., Baltimore area, WAVA, as well as our listeners, Sirius XM Nationwide, Coast to Coast and Border to Border, on Family Talk Channel 131, Sirius XM Radio. Live, biblically-based financial planning talk show again. As we were talking before the show this morning, you know, um, um, it's Open Mic Saturday, which I love. You know, any questions at all, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Uh, on estate planning, taxes, mortgages, the election, the economy, stimulus, the Federal Reserve, your 401K, investments, insurance, whatever the case may be, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Also, like to welcome our, 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 our uh, I guess, our... Are they listeners or are they watchers? I guess they're watchers, Chris, on YouTube, LarryRosenthal.tv. You can go check it out, LarryRosenthal.tv, and see the show behind the scenes streaming with all of us in different locations today. It's kind of an interesting thing. And a lot of people don't realize that, but a lot of radio shows are done that way these oh, days. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So been that way for a long, long time. So I do but, want you, if you're, if, you're listen, if you're watching on YouTube, I do want you to see Larry get over there on that bike and ride a little bit. That would be yeah, kind of well, I've got got a different background today. I'm in I'm a di- di- different place today, so different background. There you go. That that's exactly right. So hey, you know, I always like to start the show off each week with you know what happened in the markets. What 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 are we looking at this these days in in currently in the markets and try to see down the down the road and around the corner a little bit. You know, this past week we've seen something happen 
in in the last several trading sessions on Wall Street, we've seen something happen that's happening very quietly, but has a huge impact into the economy. Okay, something very quietly, and it has a huge impact into the economy. And one of the silent killers for people in 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 the economy is inflation. And we are now starting to see the the ten year note, the ten year treasury, and the thirty year treasury starting to rise in yield. So so let me explain this to you. You know, for for a handful of years, people have been very concerned about a recession, a depression, things like that, because the yield curve's been dropping, and and the yield curve now is starting to um, really um, correct itself. Where we're getting. Longer-term periods of time, 10, 20, 30-year Treasury rates, higher. So we're getting a normal sloping yield curve. What does this mean? This means that people are selling out of long-term bonds and buying short-term bonds. And when you sell a bond, the price drops and the interest rate goes up. So the yield goes up. Why is this happening right now? This is a very good indication of something that's coming to us down the road. Why is this happening? What's the importance about this? Why do we focus so much on the 10-year Treasury? First of all, mortgages, believe it or not, car loans, credit cards, all kinds of things are wrapped around this 10-year note. Okay, So when you take a look at what's happening as we start to see these rates go up in the longer end of the curve, 10, 20, 30-year bonds, the interest rates are starting to rise. What does that mean? What is that an indication of? Sort of a canary in the coal mine. And it's really the silent killer in an economy. It's a silent killer in in household cash flow. And the word is inflation. Okay, The markets are actually right now for the first time since 2008 showing signs of pending inflation pressures coming. And it's based off of a lot of the excess stimulus that that the markets feel are going to come out of the new administration right now with infrastructure building, with green, with green programs, with all types of, of more and more spending. And so we're starting to see more and more of that pressures react in the market. So how does that play out for your financial planning? How does that play out for your cash flow, for your purchasing power? What does that mean for your stocks, for your bonds? You know, what's the story with all this? You remember, the Federal Reserve has two mandates, maximum um, employment and price stability. And if we start to see inflation pressures rise and we start to see goods go up, the Fed is then going to do what? Start to raise interest rates and put the brakes on the economy. Now, that's that that's a, a scenario on how is this all going to play out down the road when you take a look at your stocks, your bonds, your 401k, the government TSP. All of this is going to be playing out a big role in this. Now, personally, I don't see inflation hitting for quite some time. Um, you know, And what I mean by that, you know, quite some time on Wall Street sometimes is five months, right? But I don't see it really taking, taking effect uh, until later this year. But we are starting to see signs of it now with the bond market being a forward-looking indicator of this. So we have to get our portfolios ready for this. We have to understand what's going to do well in an inflationary environment. And once we start to see inflation really creep into the system, what's going to happen with the Fed? What are going to be the reactions with the Fed? Because the Fed is talking about they're wanting to have a targeted 2% inflation rate, which is wonderful, right? For That's a great organic growing economy, but they want to have an average. So that they've indicated they're going to let the economy run hot for a while 
and then start to put the brakes on. So we've got a ways to go before any brakes get put on the economy. You know, we've, we, we've lost a lot of jobs here the last, the last few uh, reports, and that's mainly because of, of – of, uh, in the service sector, mainly because of uh, shutdowns that are going on again around the country. And, and a lot of analysts see this to be temporary setback because the vaccine is on the horizon. We expect to see employment, reemployment happening again uh, coming you know, later this year. So, so um, you know, and stimulus checks should be going out very soon. So, so some indicators right there on, on the inflation issues. It's not going to be bad inflation, but it's, it's coming. So, so we need to, uh, you know, make, a sh- make sure that your portfolios are positioned correctly. What's going to happen with your bonds, how to position your bonds, do you want to have duration interest rate risk bonds, or, which most people have, or do you want to have credit-sensitive bonds uh, like floating rate, high yield, things like that? Because just like in, in the stock market, there are times to be in this type of stock versus that type of stock, just like in the bond market. When, when inflation and interest rates are going up and down, there are certain types of bonds you want to be in when interest rates are going up and certain types of bonds you want to be in when interest rates are going down. And so you need to understand the product design behind that and make sure that your money's in the right position to be able to, to do that going forward. So lots of interesting things that are happening there. What are some, some big news as well? This week out of Europe, the U.S. actually suspended a 25% tariff on French goods. Uh, we were looking to put a, a tariff on French goods because they're talking about a digital tax on the U.S. Uh, big box tech companies. So there's some still negotiation going back. They're back at the table on all of this, talking about taxing things uh, with, with tech companies, Internet, and stuff like that. So stay tuned for that. That could change commerce a little bit uh, with, with everything. So, you know, I always like to start off with the, the show with, with, you know, what's happened in the markets. Those are some telltale signs down the road. I'm still very optimistic for a very nice year in 2021 with rising corporate, uh, rising corporate profits, the vaccine on the horizon, um, uh, very accommodative Federal Reserve, uh, more stimulus checks, things like that. So things look pretty, pretty good as far as a backdrop goes, and the market has been playing that way. You know, uh, you know, in the, in the first several trading sessions of, of of the year, we started off a couple of days ago down, but but it's come back and and uh, it's come back, and we're seeing broader sector rebound um, uh, participation, which is very very good for 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 the overall markets as well as the economy. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here today. We got a lot on the docket today. We're going to talk about market sectors. We're going to talk about diversification. We're going to talk about new tax legislation that the Biden administration has been talking about. We've got a breakdown of a lot of that stuff here and what that means for you, how to take advantage of some of it when it comes to investing and how to protect yourself in in a time of rising taxes. And I was telling a client this uh, earlier this week, I said, you know, listen, over the next 35 years of your, you know, financial life, taxes are going to do two things. They're going to go up and they're going to go down. And guess what they're going to do again? They're going to go up and they're going to go down. And and there's strategies to be involved with, certain sectors, certain places to, to, to invest the money. So we'll be talking a lot about that this morning. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Also, visit my website. We've got an exciting webinar coming up here on January 28th. We've got two sessions. There's no charge for this. There's going to be people from all over the country on this webinar. It's going to be the, the title of it is Where We Were 
where we are and where we're going. We're going to take a look at where we're going in the markets, your financial planning and things like that. I'm going to break down the economy, talk about Income distribution in retirement years, how the wealthy understand to get strategic uh, or, or to get tax efficient, reliable, dependable streams of income in your retirement years. We'll be talking about that in the webinar. So go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up on the seminar button. There's no cost for it. We have two sessions coming up Thursday, January 28th. From 2 to 3 in the afternoon and from 7 to 8 in the evening, they're the same material. You can sign up for both if you want. Uh, it's Eastern Time, so go visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the Seminar button and sign up for our upcoming webinar. We're going to take a quick break here. Chris, let's open up those phone lines and let people give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Appreciate you listening today. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio, or watch us on LarryRosenthal.tv. Larry. Go ahead and welcome Renee on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Renee. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Absolutely. How can I help you? Yeah. What's your thought on fixed index annuities? I've heard that's a good way in retirement to minimize risk but uh, maximize income. So so here's my thoughts on on annuities, and then I'll give you my thoughts on a fixed income indexed annuity, Okay. There's three types of annuities. There's a fixed annuity, then there's an indexed annuity, which I believe that's where your question centers around, and then there's variable annuities. So the primary investment objective, Renee, of an annuity is to guarantee a minimum amount of, of income for life. That's the, that's the purpose of an annuity, okay? And they all go about doing it very similar but a little different. And when you state a, an indexed annuity, gives you the ability to have um, um, 
down, downside protection and maximum income? Well, you have to take a look at how the growth of the account is credited. And in an indexed annuity, there's a lot of caps. So one of the ways that the indexed annuity works is if the markets are going down, you don't lose any money in most of them. Okay, now I have to see the specifics in what the one you're looking at. But in most of them, Renee, you don't lose any principal. On the other hand, when the markets are going up, you participate slightly in the upside, but not fully. The market may do 10% in the course of a year. You may end up getting anywhere from 3 to 6% during that year, depending on if it's a point-to-point -point crediting contract or if it's a monthly index with caps and things of that nature. So a lot of it, what's going to drive your ultimate income down the road is very, very dependent on how the crediting math works in that indexed annuity, and they do it differently. I've seen many of these over the years, Renee, and it's it's vitally important to, to understand how they're being credited. And if you're looking at an indexed annuity, you want to get into one that gives you the options of four or five different ways to have your money credited with interest. D does that make sense? That's the yeah. most important part of this thing, okay? So I don't know what contract you're looking at. We've, we have people in our office that can, that can step you through that. It's really important because there, I, I've seen, I've, I've seen a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, uh, a, a new client of ours brought an indexed annuity to the table and said, hey, can you look at this thing? And their crediting has been capped severely. And so we've got talked to the insurance company. We're going to change the crediting mechanism inside of it and and help them get get a little bit better return so so you've got to understand that that the math behind your income is going to be driven down the road by by the crediting math inside of it as well as if there's an income protection rider on that contract or not so um, I've got a whole kit of, of, of explanations on all of this stuff if you like I'll be more than happy to put you on hold and have somebody reach out to you to show you how uh, the you know the pros and cons of the different annuities if if, if you like okay great in general though in two seconds is an index better than a fixed in general without thinking about, you know, the way it's credited? Today, in today's in, in interest rate environment, yes. An indexed annuity, in my opinion, would be better than a fixed. Now, if you're crediting in the indexed annuity, if you're, if you're mandated to put some of the money in, quote-unquote, the fixed bucket, then it's just like having a fixed index, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, just like having a fixed annuity. But if you're, if you're able to participate in different indices, you know, the NASDAQ, Europe, S&P 500, things like that, then that's going to be an advantage of an indexed annuity over a fixed annuity. But remember, in an indexed annuity, you still have a fixed bucket. So you can put money into the indexed annuity and basically make it act like a fixed annuity if you wanted to. A little confusing there, but in my opinion, you have better investment opportunity in an indexed annuity versus a fixed annuity. Okay? And I'd like to get you some education on how that crediting works because that's going to drive the success of your ultimate income down the road. Fair enough? Got it. Thank you. Yep. Let me put you on hold here, and Bob will get your information. We'll have somebody reach out to you next week and give you some more uh, educational material on the differences in the annuities and specifically to see how your money is to be credited inside of the account. Appreciate the phone call, and Happy New Year, Renee. 
Well, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Hey, it's open mic Saturday. Any questions at all, annuities, estate planning, taxes, new administration, all different types of things, the Wall Street, P.E. ratios, whatever's on your mind this morning, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. So I talked this morning at the top of the show, Chris, a little bit about um, uh, new tax proposals, you know, and, and we've got all kinds of literature here breaking down all different things. The question is when, not if, but the question is when and how. You know, when, when you take a look at, at, at the, the 12 or 13 different bullet points of, of talk here from the campaign trails of raising taxes, we have to take a look now at, at where it's going to happen and how it's going to play out. And, and um, you know, one of the things that, that – uh, we need to understand from a financial planning and investment perspective is taxes will go up and go down you know in in over the next decades they always do they go up and they go down and that's what's always going to happen as far as a tax uh, scenario goes you know and and <clears throat> when we take a look at this we have to ask some questions if if we're in a rising tax environment okay at some point when is that point? Is it 2021? Is it 2022? 2023? Are different taxes moved in over series of years? What What's going to happen with all this? You know, if taxes go up, how will that affect municipal bonds? Tax-free income from municipal bonds and taxes are getting higher, people might move from taxable bonds to tax-free municipal bonds. What's going to happen with the price appreciation there? Could we see tax-free municipal bonds start to rise in value as a result of taxes being increased down the road sometime. Again, 2021, 2022, most people think taxes won't be increased this year, but we have to wait and see, right? So if taxes do go up, though, you're gonna, it would possibly lower your interest in uh, actually investing in, like, Roths, for example, because you'd have to pay the tax up front for that, right? Well, if taxes go up now, so so that's a great question. So right now we've been in a in a low income tax environment for the last four years. So the question is posed to a lot of people saying, well, should I put money into my 401k or the government TSP plan on the pre-tax side, right, and put it in post-tax on the Roth, pay my tax today, then down the road when I start to retire, if taxes are higher, I get a huge benefit. But now that could be switching. You know, uh, President-elect Biden says he's not going to raise taxes on people that are making less than $400,000 a year. Okay, so high income earners, they've proposed that they would raise the tax, the federal tax uh, bracket from 37 back up to 39.6. So now people might say in that tax bracket, they might say, hey, I might want to put money on the pre-tax side because I'm getting a bigger tax deduction today, and I may need that based off of their income. So there's two sides to this tax equation that you have to sit down family by family as a financial advisor and really really balance this stuff out. You know, But then you take a look, too, if somebody's earning over a million dollars of income, then they're taxing on long-term capital gains and qualified dividends. Instead of it being at 20%, it could go up to 39.6%. That's going to have a dramatic effect. That could make the markets a little inefficient, too, because now people that are really making a lot of money may hold on to stocks, and their portfolios may become inefficient because they're not buying and selling the way they, they would normally do it. 
So they could they could run into a scenario of, well, I don't want to sell it because my taxes are going to go up by 19.6%, okay? But at the same time, you know, this is for a small sector of the economy, right? But at the same time, they might say, well, let's, let's let that stock come back down so I don't have to pay as much tax. I still think that's the wrong move, okay? When it, you find quality, you buy quality, you hold that quality until your goals and objectives change, or you simply want to um, – uh, or, or the quality of that investment goes away. Those are the, those are the you know some of the basic blocking and tackling rules when it comes to all of this. So so uh, de- definitely, let's go ahead and welcome. Is this Walter on the line from Georgia? Good morning, Walter. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? I wanted to ask you, uh, in light of the uh, trillions of dollars uh, being printed by our government and if uh, what your thoughts are on buying gold or precious metals and what the best way to buy them would be if you're in favor and and also if you have time what you think about cryptocurrencies sure so so gold and precious metals and things like that you know they're materials and and they've always been a hedge against inflation now we've seen gold run up tremendously uh, this past year, historically though, it doesn't keep pace with with the the regular, the broader stock market, the S and P 500. Uh, gold does not pay a dividend, but in 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 times of inflationary pressures, gold does well. Commodities do tend to do well, and then you put on top of that the possibility, which seems to be a very strong possibility. We have to wait and see, right? About infrastructure spending, you know, materials, industrials, things like that. All of that wrapped into that. Sounds like it's, it could be a very good uh, uh, allocation mix, mixture. How to go about buying gold? Well, there's a few different ways, uh, Walter, to, to purchase gold. You can purchase gold coins by themselves from, like, a collector standpoint. Um, I, you know, there, there's commissions that are charged to buy that and then to sell it again. I, I'm not a big fan of that just personally. I would rather you just buy the, uh, you know, a, a, uh, an ETF or a mutual fund that has gold and precious metals inside of it. You know, it, it, and, and then that way you can get in and out of it efficiently. You, when it's time to do so, you can add more money and not have to worry about transaction-oriented type costs. Well, depending on how you get into it uh, with, with the funds and ETFs and stuff like that. You know, but from an educational standpoint, that's the 10,000-foot that's the view of, of the big picture on it. And whenever there's, there's tax change, okay, whenever there's tax change, we have to really take a good solid look at opportunities in certain areas to move away from and opportunities in area um, um, to, 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 to uh, move away, move towards and then to move away from. You know, whenever there's change with the Fed or taxes, there's always different change in investment strategies, you know. And, and that, that kind of reminds me, you know, you, 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 you know, you take a look at in Ecclesiastes 11, verses 2, you know, chapter 11, verse 2. It says, divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on earth. That's talking about diversification, right, with your assets. What's the difference between in diversifying your assets in precious metals or the S&P 500 versus tax allocation? You know, I have talked for years and years about tax allocation strategies, Walter, and, and <clears throat> the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses, right? And today it's no different. Now, the tax landscape could change. Most people think it will. 
all right? And so what it does, tax allocation strategy becomes vitally important, and we need to break that down, and people need to really understand how to put the money into the four different tax buckets. So appreciate your phone call, Walter. I'm going to put you on hold here, and we're going to send you out our financial planning toolkit and talk about a lot of diversification in different sectors. And, you know, there's times to own certain things and times to move away from certain things. And the times, as Bob Dylan says, boy, they are a-changing a little bit when it, when it comes to diversification, especially in the tax area. So appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Natalie on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Natalie. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Um, I actually uh, quite have a question for this is actually for my mother. Um, she's retiring soon, and she has an option of um, whether to take a lump sum payment for, I guess it would be like the equivalent of her 401, um, some kind of an investment plan that she was in over the years. So she had the option of either taking a lump sum payment and, of course, being taxed on whatever her gains were from the, um, from the investment or getting a partial uh, lump sum payment and then rolling over part of that into, like, I guess, an IRA, a Roth IRA or rolling the entire thing into a, a Roth IRA. And the other piece to that is that she wants to, um, quote, leave some um, – some of this money to her grandchildren and so she's really just trying to understand what's the best way to be able to do that and minimizing her tax liability so natalie lots of questions baked in there and let me just sort of give you the lay of the land here when you're when your mom chooses the lump sum of this it can roll over tax-free into an ira okay once it's inside okay. that ira now she can choose to convert pieces of it to Roth, and she has to pay taxes on that, okay? The IRA okay. can give her a stream of income. That will be taxable to her. If she chooses not to take a rollover, whether it's a 100% lump sum rollover or 50% lump sum rollover or whatever, and she just takes the pensionable income from the source, then that money is all going to be taxable to her there as well when it comes out each okay. month in the form of income. Now, the risk there is that if she were to pass without beneficiaries named on it, then, then you know lots of money could be lost to the family. So most people go ahead and take a rollover, put it into their IRA, and then if they have desires and needs to move it to Roth, then they go ahead and convert pieces of it each year to minimize the tax impact each year to move it to Roth. That way she can leave tax-free money to her heirs. All while that's happening, the IRA can be distributing income to her for her needs, okay? Because it sounds like to me she wants to sort of hit two scenarios. She wants to leave money to the grandchildren, but she also may need some income during retirement years. Is that correct? Yes. Yep, that's the exact process that she needs to go through, okay? Now, if she were to take this lump sum, whether it's fully or 50% of it, and move it out of the source now into a Roth IRA, all of that's going to be taxed to her right now. So what we usually mm -hmm. recommend for people to do is to consider rolling it to a traditional IRA where it's completely tax-free and then sitting down and do the tax computations and say, okay, this year we're going to convert 17% of it to Roth. Next year we're going to convert 22% of it to Roth or whatever it may be, because we want to make sure that, you know, because your mom is most likely on Medicare, 
right? We don't want to blow through the Medicare IRMA tax where she has to pay an additional premium now on her Medicare, right? And then there's the 3.8 tax, depending on how much money we're talking about, too. So we want to minimize the taxes and maybe spread them out over the handful of years. So that's really the process that, that she needs to look at and go through. And then, just as I was talking to her caller earlier this morning, what's going to drive the success inside that portfolio is really the makeup of the investments, the mutual funds, the ETFs, the stocks. You know, we need, to, we need to make sure that the account is filled with investments that give her reliable income from dependable sources, and then again, in the most tax-efficient manner year by year, taking a look at it, especially with, if tax changes on the horizon are going to be prevalent. So um, if you like, Natalie, I'll be happy to have one of our advisors reach out to you one day next week and maybe take a deeper dive into the situation and give you some more education on it all. Uh, that would be great. That would be excellent. Okay, let me go ahead and put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your contact information, all right? And then we'll have one of our advisors reach out and, and uh, give you give you a little bit better step through the whole process. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Don't forget, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar icon, and we're going to be having a webinar. There's no cost for this webinar. It's January 28th. There's two sessions, from 2 to 3 in the afternoon and from 7 to 8 p.m. in the evening. Eastern time, of course, there's going to be people there from all over the country on this webinar. So go check it out. We're going to be breaking down the economy. We're going to take a look at the importance of income distribution in retirement years. We're going to take a look at where we've been, where we are now with the economy, and then where we're headed down the road with the economy with lots of change coming up. So go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. Hit the seminar icon button, and the webinar registration will pop up right there. There's no cost for it. Tell your friends, tell your family. It's lots of education. It lasts about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. It's a lot of fun. You'll have the opportunity to interact live with me, ask questions, type questions, whatever it is you want to do. It's a lot of fun for those of you that have done our webinars. We're going to be doing monthly webinars each month. Uh, cool. We want to continue to deliver financial education for, for everyone. So go so, ahead. And, oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, I, you know, the theme of the show today, since you quoted Bob Dylan, is – going to be admit that the, the times they are changing, right? You have grown there you accepted go. That things are definitely different now. Are they I didn't peg you for a Dylan fan, but I guess you are. So. Hey, yep, yep. You hey, you know what? But change is okay. Change is the only constant, one of the only constants in our life, right? Absolutely. You know? yeah, and sure. and it's we've we we navigate through different markets. We navigate through different administrations. We navigate through all different things. You know, we have managed money since Ronald Reagan. And we've seen different tax policies, different economic ideologies come and go. And as long as we understand what's going on there from a fiscal policy as well as from a Federal Reserve policy, you know, monetary policy, we'll be in a position to reposition assets to make them continue to grow and rise to produce income for, for people in retirement years. So, you know, it's okay. It's okay. So don't worry about it. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, you're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. 
here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. Or 855-ROSE-123. Or if you're listening and watching on YouTube, LarryRosenthal.tv. Larry. Sure, Chris. So, you know, I wanted to also talk today a little bit about sectors and, and sector rotation in the markets. When, when we're starting, we're going to see, you know, infrastructure coming out, healthcare coming out, lots of different things now. And, and so where should we have money invested? And when you break down the different segments, if you will, of the economy, you know, basic materials, consumer cyclicals, financials, real estate, communication services, energy, industrials, technology, you know, lots of talk today about basic materials. What are they? How do you get involved in investing in basic materials? Lots of talk today also about industrials. What are they? Where do you get them? You know, so basic materials are basically companies that manufacture chemicals, uh, paper products, building materials. It also includes commodities and exploration of those commodities, you know, companies that, that pull the money out. So, so uh, that's, that's one sector there on basic materials when you're looking at, at infrastructure spending because the materials are used a lot. Uh, how about industrials? These are companies that manufacture machinery, you know, Handheld tools, products, you know, uh, aerospace, defense firm, de- uh, defense firms as well, you know, transportation, logistics. So, so how do you play that out? So, so one of the beautiful things about investing in the stock market and understanding sectors, understanding mutual funds, individual stocks, ETFs, is that when you see um, an area starting to, to heat up and you say, hey, you know what, I, I think I want to move some money this way or move some money away from here or whatever it may be. There are mutual funds out there. There are ETFs out there that are specifically designed to be in those sectors. And again, we just have to understand where the dollars are being spent by consumer, business, government. We need to understand what's happening with taxes, inflation, the Federal Reserve navigating things behind the scenes, and then choose our sectors wisely from that standpoint. We still want to make sure that we're properly diversified from a tax perspective, you know, Roth or non-Roth, tax-deferred, taxable, municipal bonds. We've got all of that going into the mixture inside the financial plan. We also want to understand, too, about uh, asset allocation, which sectors of the economy. You know, we're going to have large company stocks, small company stocks inside technology, 
We're going to have large company stocks, small company stocks inside financial services. Is it better to have large big banks in your portfolio these days or small mid-sized banks inside your portfolio? What about the technology sector? Big box tech, right? You know, Apple and Googles and things like that, Microsofts, or should you be looking at, you know, um, uh, uh, microprocessors, you know, uh, semiconductors, things of that nature, or a combination of both. What does all this mean? How do you dissect all of this? All this goes to, and then the third part of, of allocation is your product allocation, product diversification. That's one of the things right there that I'm going to be talking about on our webinar coming up on January 28th is the mixture of product diversification, the importance of understanding how a mutual fund functions versus an ETF functionality of that versus an individual stock. They all do things differently. They all have different tax impacts going forward. Again, so you need to tie all this together in your financial plan. Uh, um, tax allocation strategies, product allocation strategies, and sector slash asset allocation strategies to make a well-rounded, balanced, diversified portfolio. How do you know if you have too much risk in your portfolio? How do you know if you don't have enough risk? You know, if there's not enough risk, maybe your accounts aren't growing enough. Maybe you're going to lose to taxes and inflation. And by the way, if we do, if some of this inflation does materialize later this year, okay, then is your, are your accounts continuing to, to keep pace with both taxes and inflation if they're both rising? Lots of questions to ponder in your financial plan. You know, the investments that you had in, in the 90s should be different than what you have today. In the early 2000s, they were different, right? In 2005, they were different. In 2010, they were different. In 2015, they're different. In 2020, they're different. In 2025, they're going to be different. So from time to time, as things change and slide around, then we have to understand the importance of rebalancing, taking a look at different sectors and things like that. If you'd like to see a video on how all this culminates, there's a video on my webpage, LarryRosenthal.com. On the first page right there, there's a sample of a financial plan. It's about 90 seconds long, and it really shows you how a properly structured financial plan really works. Okay, These are the questions you need to be asking your financial advisor. These are the questions you need to be asking yourself if you're managing your money yourself. Okay. How are you? What is your buy-sell decision process? How do you go about analyzing where the, do the dollar should be, you know, um, and, and things like that, you know. So, so very, very important. Again, you can go check it out at LarryRosenthal.com, our upcoming webinar on January 28th. We're going to have two sessions from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, then from 7 to 8 in the evening. Go register there. Hit the seminar icon and register right there. We're going to be breaking down the economy, taking a look at where we've been, where we are, and hopefully where we're going and down the road and around the corner a little bit, as well as talking about product diversification and how to set up dependable streams of income in retirement years. There's eight different strategies for that. I'm going to be going over how to set up income in your retirement years when it comes to, um, uh, you know, retirement income, right? We, we, need, re we need income in retirement, right, Chris? You know, and, and so we're, we'll be breaking that down as well. Very excited about this webinar, by the way. January 28th is going to be lots of fun. There's no charge for it. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're, you know, wanting to understand the markets, the economy, you know, well, I'm going I'm to talk about market moving indicators as well. You know, what are market moving indicators? Market moving indicators are, are, you know, financial reports that come out each and every day, all month long, 
unemployment report, GDP report, um, earnings reports, all these different things come out of the market all the time, industrial capacity, uh, industrial utilization, ISM manufacturing, you know, all these different reports come out once a month, right? And they give us a, v a view, a glimpse as to where the markets are. We're going to be breaking down a lot of these quote-unquote market-moving indicator reports that come out. We're going to try and teach you how to read the economy in this webinar. So go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for the webinar. I'll hit, hit, the, hit the seminar button. We're going to take a quick break here. Let's keep these phone lines open. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning, investment questions at all, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof make sure your insurance is aligned properly make sure you have the right types of homeowners auto umbrella disability long-term care life insurance just to name a few financial planning starts with a firm foundation and that foundation is your insurance then take a look at your cash flow are you able to save money save it in the proper places retirement planning traditional iras traditional 401k plans roth iras make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Quick question for you, Larry. Um, you were talking a lot about rebalancing a little bit earlier. Is there a hard and fast day to do that, or do you change every so often as the quality goes away in your investments, as you talk about? Or when do you rebalance? So some some programs, Chris, set up to do rebalancing monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, every two years. You can actually sign up and package products or portfolios with your with an advisor if you wanted to, and just you know once a quarter, boom, that rebalance button automatically hits, or once every year, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, there's so there's there's um, Strategic rebalancing, just like I described, and then there's tactical rebalancing. Tactical rebalancing is more of a, you know, I'm sort of seeing the economy shifting this way. It's time to go ahead and make a rebalance into that area. And, and so, uh, you know, and sometimes it's a combination of both. And so the answer to your question is what's the best time when it's right to do it, okay? <laughs> That's when it's right to do it. You know, there's pros and cons with a rebalance, Think about this. 
if 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 you've got let's say ten different positions in your portfolio, you're well diversified. You're you know you're the model of diversification and asset allocation, and you, and and you're just everything's good. You got ten different positions, and position number two starts to grow really really well, and position number four isn't doing so well. It's actually retreating a little bit. Then you say, okay, well, now it's time to rebalance, and I'm going to take some money out of position number two and put it in position number four so everything's balanced back again to 10%, right? Um, but you know, now all of a sudden you're going, well, wait a second. Wait a second here. I'm taking money from a place that's doing well and putting it in a place that's not doing so well. What's the length of time that position two is going to continue to do well before position four actually starts to do well, right? Maybe position two is going to run another 18 months, and maybe position four is not going to do anything for 18 months. Isn't that like market timing when you're trying to do something like that, trying to figure out when things are going no, to go up and go No, that's down? not market timing. That's like that's more of a uh, rebalance but with a tactical slant saying, you know mm. what, I don't want to rebalance because we, we, have, we have momentum in this certain sector. You know, it, it, it's just like in, in tech. You know, tech has been on a, a tear, everybody knows this, for, for a handful of years, right? Many years. And, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of the S&P 500. And some programs are moving away from it, and some people are, are enjoying more of it. And, and so, you know, you, you end up with less position, less bigger positions in your portfolios, but at the same time, you're taking advantage of, of places that are running. And there's a great debate on Wall Street and in the financial planning community about all of this, you know, and, and there's really no right or wrong way because what is the right way is to make sure that however you've got your investments positioned, they're meeting the clients, you know, your specific investment risk tolerance, your risk reward relationship, and they're all moving towards income needs being satisfied down the road. So, so you know, uh, uh, again, people do tactical rebalancing and strategic rebalancing where they say, hey, it's the f end of the month, we got to rebalance, or it's the end of the year, we got to rebalance. And others are a little bit more tactical with their rebalancing. Um, and it just depends on the flavor. It depends on the confidence of people looking at the markets and the economy and seeing what's available out there. So um, there's no right or wrong way. But, you know, again, buy and hold. Why not, you know, if, if you listen to some of the big names on Wall Street, find quality, buy it and hold it till that quality goes away, or your investment objectives change, right? So, so there's no set time frame if you wanted to be a little bit more tactical to it, and that's where the art of the whole thing comes in. You know, and it's fun when you sit down and you look at somebody's, you know, portfolio who comes in and say, Larry, you know, I want you to I want your team to review our portfolio. This is what we've been doing. And we look back at the history of all the changes inside of it. And we go, you know, some interesting things that you didn't do or you did do. Why? What's the process there? You know, um, not too long ago, somebody brought brought some accounts over and and. And I was asking them, why are you in these different positions here that for a handful of years have not done anything? And they, well, I don't know. That's how my advisor has us, you know. And so what's the buy and sell decision process for that advisor? There's a lot involved with it all, you know. And, and rebalancing is a big, big question because the question becomes this. If, you ha if, you're, if you've been happy with your investments, right, uh, where are you going to take the money from to put it into a different place, Right. So, so that's a big question. That's an up at night question, you know, uh, when when you're really thinking about it. But there's a lot involved with it all. So, yeah, hey, the, only, some... the only thing that keeps me up at night is the neighbor's dog barking. I, 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 <laughs> I sleep. Or, 
or your Christmas lights on, yeah, right? Yeah, they will too. You know, there you go. There you go. Yep, definitely. Hey, I want to I want to talk about about a distribution rule too, and we'll be discussing this a little bit on our upcoming webinar on January 28th. And 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 you know, the 4% rule is being revisited. So what is the 4% rule? It's it's basically it says, you know, if you take 4% out of your portfolio and you've got a balanced mixture, let's say 60% stocks, 40% bonds, over a period of 30 years, you know, if you're withdrawing 4 4% you shouldn't run out of money, and that's what the math says. And now there's some people that are revisiting this, and they do it often, and that's okay. Uh, you know, they're saying that that now, based off of this low inflation environment we've had over the years, and probably going to continue to be lower than normal, although inflation does look to be coming back a little bit, but probably still remain lower than normal, right? Um, maybe people are saying, hey, maybe we could increase that 4% withdrawal to 45 or maybe even 5%. You know, now William Benjen, uh, he's, he did these, these studies back in the 70s, and he's, he's doing them again today. And there's all different types of, of uh, rules out there on this. So before you just start willy-nilly changing this around, a lot of it has to do with performance in your accounts. It has to do with your mixture between stocks and bonds relationship. It has to do with taxes. It has to do with inflation pressures. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to distributing income in retirement years. Uh, and 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 so so as you see some of these rules out there, you know it's best to sit down and really take a look at at your what you, the level of standard deviation you have in your portfolios, your beta. In other words, how much risk do I have in my portfolio? You know, when the markets are going up, everybody's happy. You can take money out, no problem, and replace it. But when the markets are going down and you're still withdrawing money. When the markets are down and you're still withdrawing money, you have to make sure that you do not get put into a spiral, a declining spiral of eating up principal over the years. That's the big key here when it comes to the income distribution in retirement as well as the tax efficiency. So we'll be breaking down a lot of this on our webinar that's coming up on January 28th. Um, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Visit my website, uh, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Sign up and follow us on Facebook. Like us and follow us on Facebook as well. We send out articles. We sent out, I see a lot of people have, have uh, registered this morning uh, for for uh, our newsletter and things on our website. Go Go check it out, man. We send out a monthly newsletter. It's free. It's filled with financial education, uh, bullet points. Sometimes there's videos, all different types of things out there. Go go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. We want to continue to provide financial education, and we are going to continue to do monthly webinars uh, going forward. This this month we've got it, um, you know, where we were, where we are, and where we're going to be. I know I've hit it a lot today, but I'm very excited about the webinar coming up on January 28th. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. So during the week, you know, we do get a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls for people asking, you know, questions and things like that. Hey, Larry, I heard you talking about this, that, and the other on the on the radio show. You know, uh, feel free to give us a call during the week at our toll-free number, 855-ROSE-123. So for Chris McKay and Bob in the back answering the phones, great job today again, fellas. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. And we'll be back next Saturday with another session. The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. 